Hello and welcome to After the Bell Mirror Fighting's Boxing Show with me, Martin Dommen, with Barry Jones and with Declan Taylor. Plenty to get through this week. Of course, Conor Ben knocking out Chris Algieri in the fourth round, a quite stunning stoppage at that. He continues his ascent in the welterweight division. Katie Taylor did her part to keep alive hopes of a showdown with Amanda Serrano next year. Vasily Lomachenko continued his recovery from defeat by Teofimo Lopez last year. And there are a few other things to touch on as well. But, Barry, let's start with Conor Ben. You were in Liverpool. Let's come to the stoppage in a moment, but I think actually the almost four rounds before that were, were equally impressive in the way that he really has matured over the years. We say it every time, but I thought it was a very mature performance. His footwork, his head, head movement, and the way he set up his shots. Very, very impressed. I thought he was outstanding. Um, I, I, I did make a note um, on his ringside saying that the third round was the best three minutes of his career. I, he did. He used the perfect jab, you know, lovely straight right hand, head movement, lateral movement. It worked the body. There's not much he didn't do. And and we, we always keep saying he's an ever improving fighter. At some point, you've got to say he, this is what he is now. But from where he was, we keep saying it, it was true. From where he started, and from what he looked like, how good he was going to be. He looked like he was going to be a sideshow, sideshow freak. That's what it looked like. He was he was dining on his dad's name. You'll you'll beat the load of people who can't fight, and then when he comes up against someone with resistance, like did against that pain ad, you'll struggle and maybe get beat. And that fight against Payne Cedric Payne was an indicator. Like we all felt that maybe this is it now. Once he goes beyond that sort of side of opposition, then he won't be able to to, to be as aggressive. He haven't got the technical ability or experience to, to beat anybody. But he's worked at his trades. You know, he's in a good gym around by this is important. Tony Sims has done a great job with him, but. I think being around real good technicians like Joe Cordina, Felix Cash, he's learned how to be a boxer, how to, how to engage your brain, how to, how to see the fight when you're in there more clearly. And, and he's become a much better fighter. And I think last night was the first... Like, he boxed well in the last few, maybe three or four fights, but this was the first fight I looked at him and thought, he really is very good. Not just he's doing better, he's actually very good. And yeah, I thought... Like I said, we'll talk about the knockout in a minute, but the performance up until the knockout was just as impressive for me. And our third round was he didn't do it; he did everything right. And I got when you when you I was literally on the ring apron, so you're looking at him, the concentration on that kid's face, like he just didn't his eyes didn't move one one bit at any point that fight. He was just solely focused on Algeria, and so the the level of focus and concentration he had was, was immense. It is easy, definitely, to keep going back to just how much he's improved. But it's not only that he's improved so much, but he's done it, obviously, under more scrutiny than so many other fighters would have to do it under. And and Barry's right, the contrast is, is remarkable. Yeah. I mean, like, and it's every every time we see him, he, he, he shows us something new. And it's right what you said there, Barry. The third round was amazing. That just shows the first and the second round weren't as as great as that so he's even it's a bit like Devin Haney he's sort of learning literally as the minutes go by in these fights um and yeah I mean we don't want to dwell on it so much but people didn't think he'd be British level people never thought that and it really you got you got to give credit to obviously Tony Sims and that team you got to give credit to Eddie Hearn and Matchroom the way that they built him and pushed him on but now I feel like he's it's almost like he's he's approaching the sort of finished article, and now is the bit where 
I want to see him in with a puncher, basically. If you look at if you look at his record, they're non-punchers. He hasn't he hasn't fought a puncher yet. Like Avanesian, for instance, I know we'll, we'll talk about you know possible opponents. Um, I think it's very clear that they've kept him away from from any anyone really dangerous in that sense. But obviously, what it's meant is he's learnt against people like Algeri, Granados, um, Vargas. Didn't learn much against him. How long did that last? Like thirty seconds. Um, the other fella, Formella, you know, good boxers, school, and he, and so he's learning in those fights. So I can see why they've done that. I think now it's the, it's almost like acid test time. I don't know if you boys agree with that, but I feel like he's, yeah, he's got to that point now. I think, I think, I think you're right. I think, but no, I think what he showed last night with the head movement and the, and the focus and the calm approach, that, that was impressive. You know, he didn't, I, I say it all the time about prospects, but he's gone beyond that now. Yeah. Not rushing your work, you know, not getting carried away when you've hit someone hard, but still knowing when you have hit somebody, you know, to really put your foot in the pedal. You know, he used to like do that. Well, management. He used to do yeah, that as well. Yeah. He used to lose his head a bit, and so he's learning like that. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, and, and rightly so. And, and also, technique is better because you know he swings punches in. He still does that because that's that's like a Ben trade for the humanities dad, isn't it? They always swing the, the right hand, over, loop the right hand over the top. But he was punching down the line. Well, obviously that was the finish of the show, but he, even with, and the jab was fantastic. He steps in behind it, he gets low when he gets low. And the, well, the one thing we always say about about Conor Ben and Nigel, as it goes, was you know, Nigel, a brilliant fighter, technically not the best. And same with Conor, oh, you know, he's a good fighter, but technically not the best. I don't know whether we can say that anymore because last night he was technically fantastic. Yeah. I, I thought he really was, and the jab. Won in the fight. The jab was brilliant, and the jab set up the finished punch. The, the punch that knocked that knocked Algeria out. It was the jab that set him up. It was solid, fast. He steps in behind it. There's loads of weight in it as well. And I think now you're right. I think now now he did show an improvement in his boxing ability and his his ring IQ in general, and his head movement, which is more important. Then I think yeah, that that test of, against against a puncher would be would be really you know instrumental now to see where he is because he's because he wants to fight for the world title tomorrow. Mm. And I'm, not sh- I'm still not sure whether that's the problem. He is he's he's so much he's, he looks like the real deal now at last, but he's in a weight division, which is which is the worst one to be in. <laughs> it's a, just so stacked, and they're not just the world champions, the ones around it. And everyone talks about Ugas because he looks like the weakest link, and he's not. No, that's a trickier fight than the, it might not be a harder fight. You know, he's not Crawford's the best, and Spence is the second best, and you, everyone would agree with that. But Ugas is a nightmare to fight. Really is, yeah. I think that 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 progression through these twenty fights. It, what did he have? Twenty bouts or something as an amateur in Australia when he turned up. So they knew that, and they, to be fair, they didn't make any bones about it, did they? No one ever said that he's the finished article or anything. It was like this is a project, and I think it's been a great little story. Actually, I think we've been sort of blessed to be be able to see it. And now twenty twenty and zero, and you, like you say, what he's done is he's learned in every fight, and now he's which will allow him now to hold his own against. You know, you still wouldn't want to chuck him in against a champion right now. I don't. I, he's going to lose the, that fight. But you sort of wonder what the, what they do now. But saying that, he's twenty six years old. I think twenty and oh, it's still a few years before he really has to. You know, but before anyone's going to say, oh yeah, but why don't you fight someone? Do you know what I mean? I just feel that he's like Avanesian is the one that I w- I want to see, but I think it's very dangerous. Yeah. The issue, with, you know, in terms of what's next. Listen, we've been saying that for a long time about David Avenation, who is supposed to fight in the final eliminator for the IBF, but that hasn't been agreed yet. 
So let's, if that doesn't happen, it's very difficult to think about what could happen. Conor Ben himself will say, I want Khan or Brook. Okay, maybe if Cal Brook looks really, really good, Amir Khan doesn't seem to want anything to do with him. Maybe Cal Brook might do. Eddie Hearn goes on about Broner, who seems like it just seems such an unreliable fight to me. Like what you know, do you get can you get him over here? What is he even doing? Would he turn up? But beyond those four, is that, which all have doubts about them, it's very difficult to think about who could be next. Yeah, because you know you, you, he's not going to fight uh, Jared Ennis or Virgil Ortiz Jr. Because you know they're forging their own path. Ennis, you know, is is ahead of the pack there. You would feel, and and so you know they're looking for world title fights, and also it, it's fights that he, that he goes in the underdog against. Again, I think the Broner fight's makeable. I think, but he want too much money. That's the problem, and I think you know. With the zone now, it's a global thing, so they can go to the states and have that fight. I think I still think Ben would, would, would do quite well over there, and he'd love to watch him. But again, Bruno's still a tricky fight because he's 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 still an overweight super featherweight in my eyes. Always will be, but he's so good that he's been able to compete at, at light in lightweight, and he was good and and and, and of course at light well, but, and and well, super lightweight and then welterweight. He's been competitive because he's so good, but he's lazy and. You no, know, what it was is, is money's his god, so that's not always a great thing for when you fight a hungry fighter like Ben. But who knows? Yeah, it's it's a hard division because not there's, there's there's not just them. There's good fights on the Mikey Garcia still around, you know, and and you no, know, it's a naturally guy again. Another guy who's really too small for welterweight. Another guy who can whack. It'll be an, an A-lister for a long time. Really, really good. Do you risk that because there's no world title attached? And I'm not quite sure where they go. I think they're doing the right thing. They're playing the, the international game. You know, the WBA, they're going that route, I think. You know, the Ugas is what they're probably looking for. So they're doing their, you know, their, their international and the continental titles. It gives you the ratings. and they're play- So I think they're just trying to keep... And maybe they'll, they'll, they'll try some other organisations now and try and get high in all the ratings. So when... If Crawford retires, because he's, well, Crawford 34 now, maybe you only got a couple of fights left. You don't know. You know, they can hang on for 18 months. Then, then that division could look totally different. Not easy, mind, because you still got the young kids coming up, but it's still going to be, be you're going to lose those superstars or you're going to get them at the end of their career. But I, I don't think Ben wants to hang around. That's that's the worry. I think he'll be asking for, he wants to fight the world title tomorrow. And I don't, and, but, but I don't want to dampen how good he was last night by saying he won't beat all these top tier fighters because I don't think he will. But last night he was. Absolutely fantastic. I honest God, he was. He was just brilliant from start to finish. I feel like I feel like um Broner is the perfect storm, and I think everyone sort of knows that because just the the hype around it would be made the build up would be funny. It would do like Ben Wonders in America as well. But I just you can't hang your hat on it, can you? You can't. And it would be I think he's I think it's very much a winnable fight, particularly if Broner's not like if he's not switched on in some way, you know, who knows what sort of Broner would turn up. But I agree with you there, Barry, that at 20 and 0, there's no real rush to go and get beaten by someone. There's, there's no real rush to go and go for someone like Mikey Garcia, for instance. Because I don't know about you, but if you if I think about that fight, I can't. I can, I, right now, I don't see Ben winning. And I don't know if it's because I'm still thinking of the old Ben from three or four years ago and where, whether I've lined it up. But I still feel like he's just out. He's just a, a little bit away from that sort of opponent. But. He, this is the thing is that he doesn't think that, does he? he? He's ready to go. He'll fight anyone. And you've got to love his attitude. It's an absolute 
You should tell any kid, go and, go and look at Conor Ben's attitude if you want to know how to be successful. An attitude it is because he's like, if you said, if you mentioned that in, in all, in, in, in as much respectful as you could possibly be about, you're looking brilliant, Conor, but you know, I think Tennant Crawford, Spence, and, and Ugas, and just what are you on about? Straight away, you'd switch like this. So, could this be, let's be realistic. He is a rich kid who started the box. Like, so, like, from where, from where most of us boxers come from, we don't want to do the whole thing about every boxer does it, every young boxer does it now from where I come from, but most of us come from, you know, you know underprivileged backgrounds or, or council estates or, or whatever. No, none of us come from wealth. None of us come from a comfortable environment. That's just how, that's just how it is. That's, that's just, why would you? If you? Why would you want to do the sport if you, if you come from any, if you're an easy life? So, like, for him, boxing's a choice. And so, but he's angry. He's an angry man. He's an angry man like he did grow up with nothing. He's angry like, I mean, and it's, if it's an act, he's a fantastic actor. But he, he feel he, he has that impression. Everything's an issue with him. He, like, he's inherited that thing from his dad. It's, it's the weirdest thing. I didn't know you could inherit that sort of trait from someone else. I imagine even physical things you could inherit, but I didn't know the attitude you could so much. But he, he's that way inclined. So everything's a problem with him all the time. And I think that's what makes him a better fighter because... He goes back and and he trains hard because he thinks he got a point to prove every time. But you look back at that and you look like we did the commentary for the radio, but you look back at the TV commentary and they they probably would have said something critical, but in a nice way. And he'll take that as a as a, as a real negative, like they're they're against him, and he'll and he'll go out and work on that now. And that'll be his focus. That'll be his focus. He needs something to focus on in an angry way. And then once he got that, it looks like. That makes him a better fighter. It makes him a hungry fighter because he's not hungry financially, and he never has been hungry financially. And that's usually the biggest, the biggest thing for most boxers because they come from nothing. It's about making money, and, and not always millions, just enough to, to pay the rent. Sometimes for some of us, when you start off with, with boxing, just enough to pay the rent, just enough so you can feed your family. You know, and 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 I genuinely mean that. That's all it is. Just enough so I can buy Christmas presents. That's, no, no, for the kids for Christmas. Just if I buy a birthday present, so I get a fight before their birthday. And that's how most of us fight early in their career. But he's never had that. But he has the same hunger. It's a we. It, I've never known anything like it. We've long had the debate as to you know who would be our next, as in Britain's next big star. We had the crop in 2016. Joshua Bratzi, Joe Cordina fought last night. That was always the expectation, I guess, that someone would come through from there. Conor Ben was. You know, he started a year earlier in, in the pros than they did, but he, he's really the only, or he is definitely, surely, the next he's, big star, as long as things, things go well. He's next up, 100%. You can just tell by the look of him, his name, the way he knocks people out. It's perfect for the wider sporting public, let, let, you know, let alone boxing fans. He's, he's, the, he's the one, I think they all know that, and that's why they don't want to risk getting him beat. And it's not like he's boxing nobody's, but... He's kept, they're, kept, they're, they're carefully picking the opponents so that he's learning in every fight so that by the time he is 28, 29, 30 years old, he is as good as he could possibly be. But he, yeah, for me, if you look across the whole of British boxing, apart from Anthony Joshua and Fury maybe, he's the, he's the, he's the standout star. He's the X-Factor guy. Chris Algieri, I mean, he, well, okay, he wasn't the best version perhaps of Chris Algieri, but only Edel Spence has stopped him in a sort of similar manner. And I guess that's what you have to do. Like you have an opponent who's recognisable to a lot of boxing fans. A lot of people maybe thought that was that would go the distance. 
but he did the job, Barry. And, and we, I said we'd come back to the finish, but it was a well, a perfect finish, really. The round before, I, I, I wrote I wrote on a piece of paper. He gets this done in round seven. That's what it looked like. It looked like he was going to he was going to he was going to wear him down because it was it was it wasn't a relentless pace, but he was very smart with his work then, and he didn't allow Algeria. I mean, it, except for the first two rounds when he landed a couple of shots. It was getting hard for Algeria every round and so early. So I thought by round seven, I think he, he wears him down and he stops him on the ropes with a barrage of shots and the referee steps in. That's what I, that was my whole feel of how it was going to going to end. But the way he set up, he, he threw that jab again. He went low. He, he, he did the head nice and low. So he jabbed the jab up and he, it was a really fast jab right down, right in the middle of the track. It squared up Algeria and then the right hand, he just turned lovely with it and he went right through the target. And it was a great shot. But the jab, again, the jab that was brilliant all night set up the beautiful right hand. And he went face first. Like he, he off the ropes, went forward, and he, he was, we knew he was dead. Like he was right, right by me, actually. And it was just like, whoa, that's a finish. So we've gone about how excited his dad was. That, and, and we're always going to compare him with his dad, unfortunately. That's for him now. I mean, it was great for him before. Now he's a pain in the backside for him. But that was like watching his dad. I mean, his dad never actually his dad never threw such a clean right hand. I gotta be honest. He, I don't think he did. He threw like vicious, more vicious shots, but not a not a technically as clean a shot that that, that Connor threw then. You know, he learned. He turned right from the core, and the hips went together, and the shoulders went together, and he went bump right down the line. It was a beautiful shot, absolutely fantastic. And when you and all the crowd, everyone just went whoa. It was like, I think I had my hands up over ten minutes. Whoa, hang on, what happened there? <laughs> I thought it was interesting when Algeria was going down, like when we looked back last weekend to, to Bradley Skeet and, and that situation, and we did talk about it, it is sometimes that momentum, just that energy does sort of, you do hit the opponent when he's, if not down, on the way down. You know, you saw Connor had to sort of stop himself. It, it was just like, I mean, it's irrelevant in the grand scheme of things, but I just thought it was at a point, given what happened last weekend, like you, you do have that momentum sometimes just to, you know, throw one more punch. I think I think he would have felt that right hand land so sweetly that straight away he's like he's done. So then he's switching himself off, you know, for the for the follow up because he knows how nicely that's landed. Little faint, one two straight down the pipe. And you're right, Barry. That he used to throw those wild, more overhand wingy ones as well, but he's just refined everything. And every time we see him, we just see a little bit more refinement from him. And to be honest, that's a sign of refinement. Him not trying to hit him with another left hook or whatever when he's on the floor. He's just like, pop, pop, no, that's me, done. And he, he took a second and walked away. I thought it was, you're right. It's a, he's grown every single fight. He's getting better. And it's just exciting. Would he beat Brooke, both Brooke and Can? Where one of them to look really good. Let's just say that whoever wins it looks really good doing it. Does I'd back him to beat both of them. 100%. I don't think either of them could, could like, withstand his pace to be honest I think they're both over the hill no disrespect to him they probably agree with me but um, yeah I think he'd, I'd have to pick, I'd pick them both to uh, get stopped by Ben I think ironically though I have favour Brooke to beat Can um, I think he'd have an easier night with Can than Brooke to be honest I think the speed I mean I mean, I mean, this because the speed of Cam would trouble it for a while, the hand speed and the foot speed, but then Cam, he won't a gas can because Ben would be Ben would be relentlessly on him, constantly on him, constantly on him. In the end, he'd catch him. And I think with Brooke, I don't think he's never had that engine to fight from bell to bell. And unless he can hurt Connor Ben, again, the, the puncher's chance would, 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 would find out then. 
he would struggle with the pace of like Con like like Declan said because Connor I think Connor can work from bell to bell, and um, and Brooks never been able to do that. And certainly at this age and at this stage of his career, mentally as well as physically, I don't think he could now. So yeah, you probably would make Connor Ben the favourite, which not coming up my mouth. I can't believe I'm saying it. Yeah. It's weird. Are you are you saying Connor Ben's a favourite against Andy Akan or or Kel Brook? It's it's a, but things change over years, don't they? Of course, you know, and he's on the way up now and he's improved and they're you no know, they unfortunately you know, past their sell by date. You just have to look at the the Crawford stoppage to just see the punch resistance of Brook is questionable yeah. now and, and you just think over a course of a fight there'll be an exchange where Ben will land something meaningful. It's not like he's hitting and hoping anymore. He's he's lining things up and measuring it. I think yeah. I and it's, it's the Brook fight that happens. Sorry, the Brook fight that happens because Brook can never make well to eight. You know, you no. know, what what I mean can do they're not making get down to one four nine maybe it is. You know, that even that's too much for, for Cal Brook. You probably wouldn't make that. You probably have to you know, pay a pay a pay a penalty. But yeah, but can 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 still make it. So that's the fight that could be made, but can's not gonna want that. Getting beat by Cal Brook's hard bad enough. Or getting beat by Amir Khan, but Cal Brook is bad enough because you know, no one's get beat by a bunch of bunch of world level, no one's get beat by a British level fighter, a British fighter, sorry, not British level. But to lose to a guy who's up and coming is difficult. Because if he does if he makes it then it's fine. You know, I, I got beat I guess I got beat by, I got beat by a guy who's been a world champion, but if what if he doesn't make it, then you just got beat by a guy who was who was a certain level and you've got to live with that. So I don't I just don't see him being made. Unless they offer him listen, money talks. And and at the end of your career now you just want to pick up as much as you can. That's why they're fighting each other right now. They want to pick up as much as they can because there's no other big fights around that bother them. Then you know if they offer him enough money, that will be we're all we're all thinking which would be the first the zone pay-per-view. And it might be Connor Ben versus one of those, ironically. On the undercard in Liverpool, Katie Taylor retained her lightweight titles, points victory over Perusa Sharapova. Declan, that's four fights now in just over a year for Katie Taylor, all gone the distance. Again, it feels like a little bit of, you know, deja vu, going over the same things every time she fights, really. But it does feel like, as long as Amanda Serrano wins next weekend, that that fight is all but set for Madison Square Garden next. Mm. Well, I, assume, I assume it's St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I mean, it seems like we're finally there because even just doing the preview for this fight, you could literally get the quotes from her last four fights and this, they're the same. She, the same. she says the same thing. And fair play to her. She still does her training and she, she performs on the night, but she wants a big fight. Everyone does. And it's so sad that we thought women's boxing would be immune from that, but it's not. There's, we're still having these problems getting these big, big fights over the line. But yeah, you're right. It sounds like it's there. I'll believe it when I see it, to be honest. I feel like Katie Taylor needs it as well because if you look... Since the Pursun rematch, she's boxed Miriam Gutierrez, uh, Tasha Jonas, Jennifer Han, and then last night, four fights where she's streets ahead, really. Bet, like, bet, clearly the favourite. And I feel like she is at her best when she's pushed properly. And I feel like that's what she's going to get from Serrano. I think women's boxing needs it. It'd be such a shame if it never happened. It'd be so damaging for women's boxing, to be honest. But yeah, it feels like we're there. It feels like we're there. I thought it was a very solid win, by the way, against Sharapova. Not quite on her level. And she she outboxed her. Um, not, you know, top gear, really, but solid um, mandatory defence. I, I well, think with... with um, so so I, I, I think with Katie Taylor, she's... Because she can punch. Like, ooh, no, this, this is my territory now. Who's no better than me? That... When you have when you have the power, you don't 
you very rarely win comfortable because you can you know, beat people up. So even though you go, unless you're streets ahead, then you just totally your boxer. But so I think Shadow Power was quite good, actually, technically quite good. So the early four rounds, it was difficult for Taylor because Shadow Power was sort of boxing the same as she was, in and out with her feet, trying to pick the counter. So when Taylor rushed to the combinations, she bumps back in Sharapova and Sharapova threw a couple of shots at Gold Taylor. The good, the, the impressive thing about Katie Taylor, she never, even though her face looks like it, it's a constant panic. She actually never panics. So when those rounds are tight, she doesn't worry. She might, she's just doing enough to win them or they're close. So she lost the round or two. She doesn't care. She just keeps at the same task, same pace and waits for her, the other her opponent to panic. And that's what happened. After four rounds, it was quite close. And then Sharapova started to panic and thought she had to push forward and be more aggressive. And as soon as she went forward and be more aggressive, you tend to think that's what you should do, but it's not because Katie Taylor, that's what she wants you to do. Cause then she can use her, foot, her in and out feet to make you miss, make you pay. And even though she got to take a couple of shots cause she hasn't got that raw power. You still, you get into your rhythm and then you feel more comfortable cause you're moving all the time. And you're, you like to be, when you're a reactive fighter, you want the guy, to, you want the, the guy or the woman to push the pace and to put it on you. So you can use your footwork to get out of the way and use your fast hands to counter. And that's what happened. So then, even though it was a competitive fight, she won pretty much all the rounds from, you know, except for maybe losing a round or two in the first four rounds. She probably won the rest of the rounds after that. Even though Sharapo was constantly competitive, it was still tailored within the rounds. And that's her strength. The, the fact that she keeps a cool head under any sort of, however close the fight is, she always keeps a cool head. And unless it's a pursuit who's just an absolute monster that keeps piling forward, then, yeah, she'll, she'll just play, what did I say yesterday? Like emotional roulette. And let you let you worry first before I'm not going to worry. It's a close fight, but let, I'll let you worry first. As soon as you worry, you'll make the first mistake. And then I'll capitalise on that. And I think that's what she does so well. But I thought Sharapova was a show. She's a welcomed addition to, yeah. to that world sort of level of, of, of the of the world boxing because she'll be she'll be hard to beat I feel it is back to back mandatory Declan I mean Katie Taylor would only be human if you know there was a slight why do I have to keep doing this I want the bigger fight she'll never say it and I'm not saying she's not professional about it but there must be in the back of their mind you know bigger fights are as you say going to lift me up that level yeah I think she knows that as well and I think um there's only so much she can do, isn't there? And I feel obviously the bigger, better opponents want more money. And where's the money? Someone's got to stump up the money. It's as simple as that. With the zone, when they were doing it in America, in, like when she was boxing on the East Coast quite a lot, um, it seemed to be a bit more kind of manageable for him. But I don't know whether now it's it's not it's not the case. And she's still expensive, and her opponent maybe they they can't spend too much, but. I guess get the managers out of the way and then you're not going to get anything. You're not going to have to relinquish anything. But yeah, solid. We move on and we pray and hope that the, the Serrano fight actually happens next. Did Serrano against former Katie Taylor opponent William Gutierrez next weekend. We'll just let Barry sort out his, his technical issues uh, there. You know what? I drove home last night so I didn't get home to like half past three. Yeah. I oh, here we go. Sob story again. Yeah, sorry, Ryan. I apologise. <laughs> Let's move on to Vasily Lomachenko, Declan. Second mm. fight back since Teofimo Lopez's or defeat by Teofimo Lopez last year. A points win over Richard Comey. Uh, he wanted it to be stopped in the seventh round. A, a really remarkable sort of exchange. He dropped Comey uh, with a very good hook and then fight resumed. Comey was, you know, wobbly. 
Lomachenko kind of stops, points at the corner and says, throw the towel in. Corner, don't throw the towel in. Fight continues and then goes to 12 rounds. Yeah, I don't really know how to how to feel about that because you want to be like, no, you should be jumping on him. But it's like, he's a genius. Like he, No one can tell him anything what they wanted, like what he should do at that point. The... Yeah, the knockdown was one, and they're saying, "Do you want to stop the fight?" And then, he, and Comey's like wobbling, like his legs are sort of totally gone, and he's sort of backing into. Literally, if he just landed a jab, the referee would have had to step in, but he didn't. Um, he obviously didn't care too much about having to stop him. The point is, Lomachenko's back; he's well and truly back, and he is not a problem at lightweight in terms of it, these guys are not too big for him. I don't think Lopez was was too big, was bigger, I think, than he than he expected physically. But now, Nakatani, Komi, two of the biggest, longest, strongest lightweights going. And Komi as well, proper contender as well. You know, he's not quite in that elite bracket, clearly. He's already he falls short in the in the big, big fights. Lopez, Lomachenko, and um, who else did he lose to? Easter, Robert Easter. Um, but, you know, he did a proper number on him. Like, we did wonder whether that was a perfect style for him, because it kind of is. Um, and Lomachenko just picked him apart. He's a joy to watch. And he is, we ain't going to get, probably won't get anyone like him again. Won't get anyone like this again. So we've got to enjoy him while he's here. But I know what we're going to ask, we'll talk about now is the whole lightweight picture. Every time one of these guys fights, it changes the, my perspective of the vision. But after last night, I think he's the best. Last week, I thought Davis was the best. But I don't see, Davis Lomachenko is the fight for me. That is the fight. But it's never going to happen. So I won't even bother wasting my breath on it. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. We do we have now sort of completed the, the cycle of lightweight fights. Yeah. We can obviously forget the, the Lopez rematch because he's moving up. We can only hope that Cambosis and Haney do indeed fight next and, and, and sort out that situation once and for all with the WBC and we have we have one champion. And you're right, Declan, that does, you would think, leave Lomachenko <laughs> and Davis, but you know, we've seen from, from everything Davis has said and everything, well, or not even him, to be fair, mainly uh, his advisors, that they're not going to cross over. So it's a bit of a, I mean, does Lomachenko wait until maybe the belts fragment a little bit? Is that his best his best sort of option? Yeah, I reckon that's what he'll do. That's what I reckon he'll do. It's hard for him, isn't it? Because, you know, he's, he's clearly too good to want to fight. That's the problem. Like, it's, I've got to say, the fact that you say... The, we finally get one champion with the WBC. It's just so funny. It's ridiculous, isn't it? With with, a, with one organization, but yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard, though, isn't it? Where, where does he go? Like, who does he fight next? No, it's it's he, he doesn't get a look in, does he? That's that's the thing. Who needs him? Even though he's a big name, you know, and that's the thing. That's why the Davis fight would never happen because you, know, you can't simulcast that with with Showtime and ESPN because it's not a big enough draw. It's a good fight. It's a big fight. They do okay numbers, but you only get that for super fights, which really means heavyweights or or massive, you know, massive fights like Leonard and Hagler. Otherwise, those fights won't happen unless you know the heavyweight division. So they're not gonna. There's not enough investment in it for that. So one of them's got to cross over, and and it's not just the fighters, not just the TV company. The promoters are not going to want to lose their their guy, who's a guaranteed TV date on their channel, to fight on another channel. Just never happens. The business gets in the way, unfortunately. So yeah, I don't know. Like, you'd like to see him with Davis. How do you know if we have, if there was no politics involved? Then him and Davis would be a great fight. And then obviously Haney and Cambosis is a fight that should be made. 
and then that's a fantastic fight. And then you've got Ryan Garcia, of course, waiting in the wings. And but yeah, I just all of a sudden it seemed like Lomachenko was in the right place for a while with ESPN. Now it looks like maybe he's he's in the worst possible situation he could be in because mm. he is brilliant. Like he, you know, he, he is a genius. And and that that trying to that looking at the corner to, to stop the fight is not the first time he's done it. By the way, he's done it in a few fights where he's looked at the corner and said, "Could you know, someone do something?" Because I'm batting this kid. <laughs> And Usyk's the same, by the way. They're the same people. They, they don't see the need. It's a genuine sport to them. They don't see the need in beating people up. It's, it's, I, I find it quite lovely in many ways. You know, we don't want everyone in the sport to be that way, of course. But the fact that they don't care about beating you up, as long as they're beating you and winning the fight comfortable, then that's their, that's their job. And it's the referee's job and, and, and the corner's job to save their fight if I'm a beating. Not, not, my job to, not my job to make it worse for you. And because Usyk said the same about Joshua, didn't he? About you know, could you put could you put more pressure on him? He said, "Well, I don't think well, that's, that's, I'm just doing my job. I'm on boxing. That's not that's not my job to. Why do I want to hurt him? He wanted to go into his family, which is a lovely sentiment. I know a lot of people think that's that's garbage, and he should go in and go for the go for the finish and hurt want to hurt the guy. But, yeah, but you can't uh, argue actually with that, can you? You can't argue with that that viewpoint. It's also no. I think it was the fourth round. I think he dropped him. Towards the end of the round, could have stopped him, and he he went no, it's fine. like that's enough. Go back to he literally pointed him back to his corner. Go back to your corner at the end of the round. It's like the geese is like it's a different sport. It's a, it's doing a different sport to everyone else. Usyk Usyk <laughs> the same. Um, yeah, he's he's a dream. He's the one, isn't he? But it didn't mention the whole situation again, that the boxing always kicks itself in the back in in at the bum side. Where we got all these fantastic fighters in the same week now. And they're great. And one might be better than the other. And, and I was the same as you, Lomachenko, Davis. And, you know, Kambosis is a guy we're, we're never going to think he's great, but he just beat the guy who was the man. So, you know, you've got to, you've got to maybe think that maybe he is one of those guys who doesn't look, doesn't look hard to beat, but actually is very hard to beat. And the time will tell. He's got one great win. But you just can't, unfortunately, you just can't see him fighting each other. And that's, that's the, again, that's the whole thing about boxing, where it kills itself. Because of that, because of that reason. That's the biggest reason for boxing not being a mainstream sport like it used to be, because of that. I didn't mention Ryan Garcia. You mentioned him there, Barry, but he's, you know, given the long delay, we've now had his time out of the ring, probably a, a couple of steps behind. But next year, again, does promise to be at least an, another good year in that division. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, again, I think Ryan Garcia is. Another guy who does a lot of things wrong, but he has that raw power. And because he's so marketable, because he is, no, because he's like a, whatever, is it Instagram or, or YouTube? He does whatever he does. I'm too old to, to know about all that, of course, but he, he's so influential and has so many followers on there that he's a sellable fighter, whoever it is. He looks good and he hits hard. So, you know, you can make fights with him quite, you would think, quite easily, you would feel. And then it, and it, and it, and it'll, it'll only be one good win, decently. Yeah. And he's back in the mix. It won't. It won't be a one or two build-up fights. It'd be one. It'd be one win. He'll blast someone out, and then he'll be calling for whoever, whoever he wants to call for this week. You know, that's that's the thing. But you know, them three, Cambosis, Haney, and and and, and Garcia, though with different promoters, they're with they're in the same TV network, and that. So those fights, there's no reason at all why those fights can't be made. The zone should be putting massive pressure on Matroon. And on Golden Boy to make those fights like huge pressure, sort of telling them do it or go somewhere else. I think why don't TV companies do that? Actually, that's a real big point. 
Well, because they're paying all the money. Oh, without them, these, without them, the promoters don't earn a penny. Without them, promote their, their, their selling the football echo outside outside Arsenal or whatever. They don't, there's no football echo anymore, is there? But you know, they but they sell. That's the promoters are not working anymore. They're, they're doing something else. So you know, TV companies should force them. They're they're, they're controlling TV companies. It's bizarre. I don't understand. I don't understand how it works. They should the TV companies. Should, they should be saying to listen, make that fight. Or we'll show UFC, right? or we're going to show any, or we're going to show knuckle, bare knuckle boxing instead. I will show anything else except your sport if you don't make the fights that we that that, that we that the public want to see. If we can make them, if they're on different com- TV companies, then it's more difficult. I understand that, but if you've got if you've got them in, in the, on the same platform, how do you not make those fights? That's it, that's just poor. And same with the fighters. If they're asking for too much money. Gotta go. Listen, mate. You got. If you don't take this money, then there's your contract. Go. Goodbye. I, you know, I'm not saying like not. I want to fight as well as much as they possibly can, of course. But if they're asking for ten million when the fight's only worth three, then you gotta go. Ah, oh, mate. Like you do that, you don't want to fight, do you? And yeah, I, I don't see. All, I don't see all the fights not made. I think at some point, people who, who the paymasters, which are the TV companies, have to step up. For our sport, you know they do because promoters are not going to do it. They want to make the fights that are beneficial to them. Hence, rematch clauses. No, that's a pro- that's a promoter safety net more than the boxers, to be honest. And and so you have to make the, the TV companies have to force the fights. And why not? I, I know they, the TV companies should get their own promoters license. That's what they should do. And they should promote themselves. Why not? Indeed, Barry Jones full of ideas. Yeah. He's onto something there. That sounds like that's genius. Well, you can't, you can't argue. You can't argue. Just a qu- quick word on Sonny Edwards. He retained his flyweight title by beating Jason Mal in Dubai yesterday. But that is all for this week. I know Barry Jones is very, very excited about next weekend. One of his favourite things in the world: a heavyweight rematch. Derek Chisora and Joseph Parker meet again in Manchester. But we will be back then to look back at that. Thank you for tuning in this week. Until next week, do take care.